The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. Someone that is glad to be in the presence of the Lord this morning, shout it louder. Hallelujah. Praise God. Help me high-five your neighbor to your left, to your right. Tell them you're welcome. You're welcome. We are gradually getting back. How many of us were able to make it here Wednesday evening for the common service we had with Dr. K? Just wave your hand. Let me just know. All right. So we opened up again last Wednesday, and we are here this morning. Um, like we announced we hoped we will be here the last Sunday of the month, but we are really um, targeting the first Sunday of next month. And remember, we said it to be our Thanksgiving service, so um, it's good to be back. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to be back earlier than scheduled. Praise God. So next Sunday is going to be a special Thanksgiving. Um, I want us to come, invite family, invite friends. Let's really come and celebrate God for what he has done. Hallelujah. We'll be starting a new month. We'll be starting the first, the second half of the year. And of course, we'll be praising God for his help that we have enjoyed in these last few weeks. Glory, glory be to God. Can you help me ask your neighbor, do you have your thanksgiving and your rejoicing attire ready? Ask your neighbor, ask your neighbor for me this morning. Are you ready for next Sunday? You have one week. No, if you're not ready, you get set. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't want us to belittle the fact that we are able to have service here um, this morning. Um, we've always said that if you can't think well, you can't thank well. Praise God. I mean... I know we still have a lot of things that are not fully back here. Praise God. All right. So that was just proving my point. <laughs> um, there are still things that are still being fixed here and there. Um, a lot of repairs that still need to do. But thank God that we are able to gather here this morning. Praise God. And I'm sure you all agree that it's better than the hall we were renting. So, <laughs> let's, let's thank God for that. And remember that there's still work that needs to be done to get us... And we are not planning to go back to where we were. We want to go beyond where we were before the fire incident happened. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Praise God. Very briefly this morning, I want to share with us. And it's a very simple concept, really. Open your Bibles to Psalm 66. Psalm 66. It's not... What happened to you in the past in life that matters the most? 
It's not even what is happening to you right now that is most important, particularly for the believer. Please listen to me very carefully. Um, the most important part of your life and the most important thing you need to always keep before you is what God has ordained for you in the future. Your background is not the most important part of your life. Somebody said humorously the other day, your background is not the reason why your back is on the ground. Are you listening to me this morning? It's not even the present circumstances of what you are going through right now that matters the most. It's whether you can see the future and begin to reach for the future that God has for you. That's what is most important. And that's what we need to do, particularly at a time like this. Psalm 66, um, let's read verse 11. And then I'm going to go back a few verses, but I want to emphasize verse 11. Psalm 66, verse 11. 11. Um, this was talking about the children of Israel. And what the psalmist was reciting here was a summary of their story going back to all the years, the decades, the centuries, and the generations that they were in captivity in Egypt. As horrible as that ordeal was for them, that's what it was referencing here. And it was now pointing to the fact that even though they went through that horrible ordeal, God still had a plan and a bright future for them. And he was encouraging them to reach out for that future. Are you sure you want me to change? This one is actually sounding and feeling good. Though. Hallelujah. Ah, I think I prefer this one. Praise God. All right. <laughs> Psalm 66 verse 11. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. Now understand how these scriptures were reading, we've talked about this quite much in church, it's not that God did it directly. That's not what he's saying. Um, the, the thinking was that if it happened, the only reason why it happened was that God allowed it to happen. It was really the enemy that was doing this to them. But they had this um, concept of the sovereignty of God that if it happened, the only reason why it happened was just because God allowed it to happen. Well, now we understand better. We have more insights. It's not only the things that God allows to happen that happens to you. For example, God wants everybody, the entire world to be saved, but not everybody is saved. So the will of God is for salvation to be an experience and a reality and a benefit for every human being. But that's not what is happening. Why? Because human beings also have wills. And more importantly, human beings have choices. And choices have consequences. Praise God. So it's written that way, but don't say because you are reading that in the Bible, ah, if something happened to me, if affliction happened to me, then, um, and some people have that understanding that God wanted me to go through suffering. God, God doesn't want any child of God to go through suffering. That's not his will for us. Hallelujah. 
Verse 12, you have caused men to ride over our heads. And that's referring to all the years in slavery that they, went, that they, that they experienced. We went through fire and through water. But, somebody shout but. You brought us out to rich fulfillment. Or like the King James says it, you brought us to a wealthy place. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God brought me. I love the way he's saying it in past tense. Say, God brought me to a wealthy place. You know, we're talking about a season of harvest. How can you maximize your harvest? How you think matters. How you think matters. Let, let's read from verse 8 to, to capture what the psalmist was stressing to these people here. Psalm 8. Oh, bless our God, you people, and make the voice of his praise to be heard. Hallelujah. Can somebody shout the loudest hallelujah you can where you are seated this morning? Make the voice of his praise to be heard. Who keeps our soul among the living? Praise God. Is somebody grateful to God for that? And he does not allow our feet to be moved. Praise God. For you, O oh God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. So all that happened to them, if you can look at it from a God perspective, is it was a test. It was God refining them. If you want to see it from a God perspective, it was God moving them to become better than they were and coming to the fullness of what God had for them. That's how God sees life's challenges. And that's how God sees whatever the enemy throws against you. And that's why the Bible can tell us in the book of James that we should count it all joy when we fall into diverse trials, tests, and temptations. For the working of our faith, or the testing of our faith, it, it works patience. And we should allow patience to have its perfect work so that we'll be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. God doesn't will evil for anybody. God doesn't will destruction or affliction for any of his children. But in this world, and because of the devil roaming around, and choices and mistakes human beings can make, things like that can happen. However, God will now use them to refine us and make us better and bring out a better version of us. And his goal is to bring us to a wealthy place. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So somebody say, I'm forward looking. Say with me, I'm future looking. I know God has a better place ahead of me. Praise God. They went through fire. They went through water. Men rode over them. In other words, they were enslaved. They were enslaved. They were oppressed. But even through all that ordeal, God had something bigger. God had something better for them. And that's what God is bringing us into. I declare in the second half of 2023, you are coming into your wealthy place in the name of Jesus. In the second half of 2023, you are coming to reach fulfillment in the name of Jesus. Listen, God will use everything you have been through. We've been talking a lot about Joseph. God will use everything and God will refine you. Hallelujah. 
God will bring out a better version of you and God will bring you into rich fulfillment. Hallelujah. Somebody shout my worthy place. I can't hear you. Say rich fulfillment. Louder. Say my worthy place. Rich fulfillment. My worthy place. Rich fulfillment. Glory, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Habakkuk chapter 1. Glory, glory be to God. If all I say is Jesus, Jesus, it's more than enough. Habakkuk. Sorry, chapter 3. I said chapter 1. Habakkuk chapter 3. Verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be in the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the store. So here is someone that he found himself in a place where there was no harvest. There was no fruitfulness. This is the picture here. There were no um, fruits in the vine. The trees were not blossoming. The olive was not bearing fruit. There was no food. There were no flocks in the fold. In other words, please listen very carefully. A time or a season of harvest or what should have been a time for harvest had come but he could not see any harvest. And naturally everything looked dry and everything looked uncomfortable. He now said yet, somebody shout yet. I will rejoice in the Lord. Hallelujah. Can somebody say I will rejoice in the Lord. He couldn't rejoice in his business. He could not rejoice in his career, he could not rejoice concerning natural things, but say, thank God I can rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And as you do that, as you rejoice in the Lord, because this is the simple truth. I shared this with us a couple of weeks ago. Nothing has changed. Can I hear a loud amen? Seed time and harvest shall not cease. So there is, even though it looks like there's no harvest, you actually have a harvest. <laughs> Hallelujah. Seed time and harvest shall not cease while the earth remains. And I love that scripture we read in John chapter 4. I won't have the time to turn it again. Jesus said something there. Somebody said, Pastor, seed time and harvest not seed. You know, uh, I'm not confident I have seed in the ground. When it was seed time, I didn't sow seed. Let's even assume that was your testimony, which is rare. Most people have seeds in the ground one way or the other. Am I talking to that person this morning? But let's even for the sake of argument, you are saying you don't have any seed. Jesus said that I have called you and I've sent you to harvest where you have sown no seeds. Remember that in John chapter 4. Talk to me somebody. I don't want to open to you because of time. He said other people have labored, other people have sown before you, but I've called you to harvest even where you have bestowed no labor. 
So listen to me very carefully. Even if it looks like you have no seed, or you, you don't have any seed, and it looks like you have no harvest, understand that it's still harvest season for you in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I said it's still harvest season for you in the name of Jesus. Seed time and harvest time shall not cease. And God told us our harvest season has come. The rain that he has released upon us as a church is a rain of harvest. Can I hear you shout three times, my harvest has come. My harvest has come. The loudest you can say, my harvest has come. God gave me the harvest. Praise God. Are you following me this morning? Don't exclude yourself. This man said everything was dry. There was no harvest around me. There was nothing. But I have the Lord. Somebody shout, I have the Lord. And I will rejoice in the Lord. I will rejoice in the Lord. And what will happen if I do that? Because of the Lord. You know, we call him, listen to this carefully, the Lord of the harvest. Praise God forevermore. The Lord of the harvest. He is the one that will command your harvest for you. Glory be to God. Now, it's good to sow seeds. But I want to tell you something. If all you have going for you is the seeds you sown, naturally speaking, you are even cutting yourself short from what God has in store for you. Something very powerful Dr. K said on Wednesday that I really want us to hold on to. He said, this time, everybody should be expecting the supernatural. It's beyond your efforts. It's beyond the seeds you have sown. It's beyond the calculations you have made. Hello? You are going to be entering some dangerous dimensions of God's unmerited favor, of God's grace, of things you did not earn, things you did not deserve, the kind of harvest you are going to be enjoying this season is the harvest that comes from the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. And you need to be conscious of that so that you can maximize that. Said I looked all around me. It didn't look as if there was any harvest. But I know I have the Lord and I will rejoice in the Lord. Verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. Hallelujah. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will cause me to walk upon my high heels. Glory be to God. So there's a way supernaturally God can lift you into a place of harvest. Even when naturally there seems to be no harvest. Let me hear somebody shout, that's my portion this season. Oh, you're not shouting like you hear what I'm saying. Say, that's my portion this season. The Lord himself will bring me into my high heels. He will bring me into my realms of promotion. He will bring me into my realms of victory. He will bring me into my realms of breakthrough. The Lord of the harvest commands my harvest for me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And hear me, listen. And when we really look at it in scriptures, the people we celebrate, even though they may have sown seeds and they may have done the right things, and it's not in all cases that they did the right things, what they really enjoyed is the harvest of the Lord himself. The harvest that God gave them. What seeds did Joseph sow 
to end up as prime minister. Oh, yes, he encouraged prisoners in the prison. Oh, yes, he was faithful in Potiphar's house. And that is good. I'm not pulling that down. Nothing wrong with that. But, sir, he did not qualify to be the prime minister based on those seeds he sowed to be the prime minister of the greatest nation on the earth at that time. Hello, somebody? What seeds did David sow to become the king of Israel? Oh, yes, he kept his father's sheep. Oh, yes, he killed the lion and the bear while he was keeping his father's little flock. And those are good seeds. Oh, yes, he was faithful in his father's house. But he did not qualify to be the king of the nation of Israel, the greatest nation on the face of the earth at that time. What seeds did Daniel sow to become Nebuchadnezzar's number one counselor in Babylon? Oh, yes, he did not defy himself with the king's delicacies. He fasted and he didn't eat wine and meat from Babylon. But does that qualify you to now be ten times better than all the other counselors in the land? What seeds, and this is our greatest example, and I want to go there this morning and, fin and finish. What seeds did the apostles sow to be the people that turned the world the right, right side up? What they said was that they've turned the world upside down, but I like to say they turned the world the right side up. Oh yes, they followed Jesus for three and a half years. And they learned from his feet and all that. But, sir, there are people that have been serving God for generations before them. But listen to me, and that's what Habakkuk is telling us here. And really, that's what the psalmist was saying. Beyond what we have gone through, somebody hear me this morning, beyond what we have qualified for, beyond what we have labored for, God is going to bring you into a harvest that will blow your mind. Yeah. Hallelujah. J Jesus told the disciples, he said, if you follow me, he said, you will do what I do and greater works. What seeds did the apostles sow to qualify to do greater works than Jesus on the face? Makes no sense. Makes no sense. And I came to prophesy over someone this morning. God will give you harvest that makes no sense. God will give you victory that makes no sense. God will give you results that makes no sense. God will give you breakthrough that makes no sense. Hallelujah. That, that is the Lord's harvest. It's beyond whatever seeds you may have sown. And it even applies. What seeds did Apostle Paul sow to be the greatest apostle that ever lived? In fact, if anything, Apostle Paul was sowing negative seed. What, look, all the heroes of faith we read about in scriptures and the people that came into harvest and massive testimonies and massive breakthroughs. Yes, some of them sowed seeds. But when the Lord of the harvest showed up for them, the harvest that they experienced was beyond whatever seeds they sowed. And some of them did not even have the right seeds in the ground. What seeds did Isaac sow to experience a hundredfold in one year? 
It was beyond the seeds he sowed. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. So if you are going to, this way I'm going. If we are going to maximize our harvest season, we've got to factor in the Lord of the harvest. Let me read that John chapter 4 again. Please go there with me this morning. John chapter 4. Hallelujah. Is somebody getting something from the Lord this morning? John 4. Because of time, let me just quickly um, jump. Verse 34. Follow me, John chapter 4, verse 34. My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Jesus is speaking. Do not say, hallelujah. This is so vital. Do not say in your heart, there is still four months and then comes the harvest. In other words, don't tell yourself, it's not yet my harvest season. I still have to wait for four months. I still have to wait for four years. And there are many reasons why people can say that. I have not yet sown seeds. Or my seeds have not grown up yet. It's not yet time for me to reap this harvest. Oh, I, I can't be the prime minister yet. Don't say that. I can't be the king yet. Don't say that. I can't be the apostle yet. Don't say that. Ah, three years of training under Jesus is not enough. I, I mean, people train for 10 years, for 30 years before they step into this kind of ministry. Don't say it's four months. In other words, my harvest is still in the future. And, and why shouldn't you say that, Jesus? Why, why, why shouldn't you say that? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the field. Stop a neighbor to your left and to your right. Say, lift up your eyes. Look to the fields. They are already white for harvest. Hallelujah. Pray for your neighbor with me this morning. Say, Holy Spirit, open my friend's eyes to see the field already white with harvest. And he that reaps the harvest will receive wages and gather fruit unto eternal life. Again, we've talked about this. The primary harvest we focus on is souls. Glory be to God. That both he who sow and he who reaps will rejoice together. Verse 37, this is the point. For in this... The saying is true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap for which you have not labored. Apostle Paul, the harvest you are going to reap in this ministry I'm calling you to is not necessarily what you labored for. Joseph, the harvest you are going to reap when you become prime minister, is not necessarily what you have labored for. David, the harvest, the breakthroughs, the victories you are going to have, it's not just because you faithfully kept your father's sheep. I'm glad you faithfully kept your father's sheep. Hello? The Lord of the harvest. I sent you to reap for which you have not labored. Others have labored. And you have what? Entered into their labor. Hallelujah. Others 
have labored. And you have what? Entered into their labors. Go back to that Psalm 66 we, we started with. Glory, glory be to God. Can somebody declare I'm maximizing my harvest season? I can't hear you say I'm maximizing my harvest season. Things I did not labor for. Things I did not earn. Things I did not sow for. I will reap their harvest. Come on, somebody speak that over your life. Things I did not qualify for. I will enjoy their harvest. This is what the favor and the grace of God is all about. Psalm 66. So when the, the psalmist said here, you have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire. We went through water. But you have brought us into rich fulfillment. You have brought us into our wealthy place. And God indeed brought the children of Israel into rich fulfillment and into their wealthy, their wealthy place. He brought them into the promised land. It took him a while. He brought them in. It's important to realize at this point that God had told Abraham 400 years, well, exactly to be precise, 430 years before that time, that this is going to happen to your seed. They're going to go to this strange land. They will be captives there for a long time. But after 400 years, I will bring them into the promised land that I promised you, Abraham. Hello, church. So the wealthy place they were actually coming into, it wasn't just because of what they qualified for. It was part of what God promised their father, Abraham. Others have labored. Other people have worked with me. And I'm going to bring you into the inheritance that I promised them. That was really what they entered into. It wasn't just a matter of the effort they made or the fruit of the... No. It's beyond that. Hallelujah. And I love what the psalmist now said here. Because he had that mindset of God bringing us into my, our worthy place, bringing us into rich fulfillment, beyond what we labored for and beyond what we worked for, beyond what we earned, beyond what we qualified for. Look at verse 13. He said, I will go into your house with burnt offerings. I will pay you my vows, which my lips have uttered and my mouth had spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer you burnt sacrifice of fat animals with the sweet aroma of rams. I will offer bulls and goats. Selah. In other words, I will recognize that this harvest that I'm enjoying and I'm entering into, it's a matter of the favor of God. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. And because of that, I will, I will just honor God. I will give to God. I will celebrate God. Because what I'm enjoying, somebody shout the harvest I'm enjoying. It's a function of the favor of God. That will be your portion in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. 
Read one more time with me again this morning. Joel chapter 2. I just have two more scriptures I want us to focus on and then I'm done. Joel chapter 2. Hallelujah. Joel 2 again from verse 23. Because this is what we're enjoying. Somebody say the rain. The latter rain. And the former rain. Is falling upon my life. I'm bringing a rich harvest. By the favor of God. Into my life. Be glad then, you children of Zion. Hallelujah. No, no hold on. Let, let's, let's, please, we're going to come back to Joel. Let's read that scripture Dr. K shared with us on Wednesday. Deuteronomy 10 again. Hallelujah. It's my season of harvest. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 11. I want us to read this one again. Glory, glory be to God. Please put it up on the screen. Let, let, let's all read it together like we did on Wednesday. I thought that was so powerful. Deuteronomy 11 from verse 10. For the land, one, two, go, everybody. Where you sowed seed and watered it by foot as vegetables garden. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Remember again, he's talking about bringing them into the promised land. He was now telling them, this promised land you are going into, it's not like a natural land that the one you do that you water with your garden, the kind of harvest you are going to be enjoying, it's not going to be a natural kind of harvest. It's not like your normal vegetable garden. Every natural farmer knows if you don't plant seed in the seed time, you will not have harvest in harvest time. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. This is not to discourage you from sowing seeds and doing the natural. Don't do that. But don't because you are sowing seed, you are serving, you are doing things you know to do, limit, hallelujah. No, we're talking about maximizing your harvest season. Don't limit the expression that God wants to bring you into. Praise God. So God told them, the land you are going into, it's not going to be like the land that you sow and water um, and, and, and you, you sow seed and watered by God. In verse 11, everybody wants to go. Go on. But the land, it's a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven. A land, go on, verse 12, which the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are always upon it. From the beginning of the Hallelujah. So, beyond anything else, there's a God factor involved. Somebody said there's a God factor involved. There is rain from heaven coming upon this land that God is taking you into. The eyes of God, eyes of God, they are talking about the favor of God. Watch beyond anything in the natural. Hallelujah. Do you have that? Now read Joel chapter 2 again. You will see that that's what Joel was saying. Glory, glory be to God. Joel chapter 2. And we are reading from verse 23. Again. Be glad, you children of, his, of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For, hallelujah. Now what, what I want you to watch out in this Joel prophecy again is, notice he did not mention anything about the seed we are sowing. It's really similar to what Moses was saying in Deuteronomy. 
Notice he's not mentioning the seeds you are sowing. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And because of that rain, your threshing floor shall be full of wheat. Hallelujah. I said your threshing floor shall be full of wheat. And the vat shall overflow with new wine and oil. Hallelujah. Verse 25. We need a scripture like this again this morning. For us here in Ikeja. I will restore to you the years the swarming locust has eaten. Everything that the fire burnt, I will restore to you in Jesus' name. The swarming locust, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you. Again, it's not that God is doing evil. You understand that concept. Am I right? Hallelujah. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Can somebody declare and prophesy over their lives, I will eat in plenty and be satisfied because I will enjoy the harvest of the Lord. I, I want you to see this harvest season as not, you know, we talk about my harvest. There's nothing wrong with your harvest. But how about you enjoying the Lord's harvest? Somebody say, I enjoy the Lord's harvest. It goes beyond what I've done. It goes beyond what I qualify for. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Who dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. So again, it's not what, please hear this. This is the concept God told me to share with us. It's not what has happened to you in the past that matters the most. It's not what you are going through now that matters the most. The question for us and for you this morning is, can you see what the Lord has in store for you in your future? Praise God. And can you see by the help of God, it's far beyond the seeds you have sown. Amen. It's far beyond what you qualify for. It's far beyond every effort you have made. Keep sowing seeds. Keep making effort. But can you just expand the kind of harvest you are going to enjoy? Somebody shout the Lord's harvest. That's how you maximize your harvest season. That's how you maximize it. Hallelujah. Ephesians 3.20, rise on your feet as we wrap up this morning. God is able to do, please put it up for us on the screen, exceedingly, abundantly, above all you will do what? Ask or think. Somebody declare, say God, the Lord of the harvest, is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above what I ask for. And I said, according to his power that is at work in me. Lift your hands. Say, Heavenly Father, you're going to pray very briefly this morning. Open my eyes to see the bountiful harvest that you, the Lord of the harvest, have in store for me. Open my eyes to see how big it is, to see how great it is, to see how much more it is. Help me to understand 
that is beyond the seeds I've sown. It's beyond the efforts I've made. It's beyond what I qualify for. And help me, O oh God, to maximize this harvest season and enjoy the Lord's harvest in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray where you are. Remember, it's according to the power that is at work in you. So activate that power. Activate that power this morning. Activate that power. Kenamashaka sotopayala brekedosa. I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you there's a massive harvest that God has prepared for your future. Don't let your past hold you back. Don't let your present limit you. Kenamashata, you are coming into the Lord's harvest. You are coming into the Lord's harvest exceedingly abundantly above men may have ridden over your head you may have gone through fire perhaps you are even in the fire right now you may have gone through water perhaps you feel like you are drowning in the water right now but hear the word of the lord of the harvest over your life this morning god has brought you into your wealthy place god has brought you into your season of harvest oh i'm speaking to somebody this morning god has brought you into rich fulfillment reach out and receive that which god has in store for you that exceedingly abundantly above reach out and receive it reach out and receive it can somebody receive the wisdom of Habakkuk this morning? It may look like there's no harvest around you. It may look like everything is dry. There's nothing in the stall. There are no fruits on your trees. But understand you are coming into the Lord's harvest. Begin to pray and begin to rejoice in the Lord. Put your focus on God. Put your confidence on God. The Lord of the harvest is going to bring you upon your high mountains. He will bring you into your harvest. He will bring you into your promotion. The Lord of the harvest himself. Even if you have nothing going for you in the natural. Oh, don't allow that cause you to lose hope. The Lord of the harvest is for you. The Lord of the harvest is for you. The Lord of the harvest is for you. Pray fervently for a few minutes this morning and come into that which God has in store for you. Rejoice, O child of Zion, for the Lord of the harvest is causing his rain to fall upon you. The former rain and the latter rain in one month and there will be a massive harvest. Your threshing floors will be full of wheat. Your vats will overflow with new wine. Your land will receive rain from heaven. The eyes of the Lord are upon your land, upon your life, and the Lord of the harvest himself will bring you into a mighty massive harvest. A mighty massive harvest. A mighty massive harvest. Oh, Yakasotopaya. Focus on him, focus on him.
Thank you, Jesus. Rain on us again this morning. Rain over us again this morning. Release the former and the latter rain at the same time. Thank you, Lord. Release both the former and the latter rain. The rain for our harvest. The rain for speed. The rain for our lifting. The rain for uncommon and unusual expressions. The rain for restoration. The rain, the rain for supernatural harvest. For supernatural encounters. Release that rain upon us. Ayado soto payala brekedo soto pa. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 0000640.